Good afternoon. I'm Rachel Cassandra. Welcome to Midday Magazine for Tuesday, April 11th. The Petersburg School Board will meet this evening at 6 p.m. at the high school library to announce a few administrative resignations at the end of the school year. Middle and high school principal Ambler Moss will end his term in June. He's been with the school district for just this school year. According to District Superintendent Erica Klute-Painter, principals always have one-year contracts. She says, quote, the district and Mr. Moss mutually agreed that he would not be renewing his contract for next year. Longtime finance director Karen Morrison has also announced that she'll be leaving in June. Morrison creates and manages budgets for the school district. It's a task that's become increasingly complex as the school faces relentless budget pressure and flat funding. She will be taking a position in Juneau, working for the Alaska Department of Education and Early Development as their director of school finance. The board will discuss upcoming curriculum changes. There will be changes to health, physical education, swim, English language arts, and Spanish language curricula. This follows discussions at a work session last week. Most of the curricula changes are minor, but the school is starting a new English language arts curriculum. They received a grant to purchase the curriculum and train teachers. The new curriculum will be compliant with Reed's Act legislation, but was not a required change. The board will also discuss upcoming sex education and substance education curricula. Before middle school students begin their health classes, the school will send letters home with information about which topics will be covered in the programs. This month, there will be ongoing standardized testing for all students. Clute Painter has flagged school attendance as an ongoing issue. The administrators will be taking a close look at current attendance and notification policies. They'll likely make changes in the student handbook on attendance policy and procedures for the fall. They don't need board approval to make these changes. Aaron Buller is the director of facilities and maintenance. He'll give updates on the school's roof assessments. He's also presenting an estimate for the high school and middle school roof repair. The entire repair and rebuild will likely cost around $3.4 million. The architects have submitted detailed estimates for about a third of the project. The district is hoping to get costs covered through a state capital improvement project grant. Again, the school board meeting will be at 6 p.m. this evening in the Middle and High School Library. Community members are encouraged to attend and KFSK will broadcast the meeting live. KFSK will also post a recording on our website at kfsk.org and stay tuned after Midday Magazine for Campus Connection at 12.30 where I'll speak with administrators and school board members. Craig Tornga became the new head of the Alaska Marine Highway System this month. He comes to the job with 46 years in the marine industry. He worked at Crowley Marine Services for a few decades transporting fuel and supplies in Alaska. For the last six years, Tornga served as a senior vice president with Kirby Offshore Marine in Houston, Texas. It's a large company with 6,000 employees. It distributes petroleum products with 1,400 barges. Now, Tornga is in charge of a fleet of nine ships and hundreds of ferry workers. He spoke with Coast Alaska's Angela Denning about his new role. He says his number one priority is seeking reliability. We don't have a service to sell if we're not reliable. And the last thing we want to be doing is selling something and disappointing people. So we will focus on reliability. It's not a quick fix. Working on making sure we have the foundational 
processes and procedures in place to be focused on on reliability and having our preventive maintenance run through a uh, what you call a CMMS, a computer maintenance management system. So we're pretty scripted on on how we do our maintenance. So I'll be real focused on that to start with. Um, there's ships that are 50 and 60 years old, and they get tied up for mechanical problems and maintenance. So can you kind of tell me a little bit more about what you're talking about? Uh, every component on the vessel from the main engines all the way to the, to the steering pump has an OEM required maintenance schedule. We just need to make sure that we're, we're digging that far. And so we'll, we'll make sure that our system has a hierarchy built up in it that gets down to every, every component. Um, and that, that's what I'll be looking at. Now, H, as you mentioned in the fleet, that gives another challenge. And so th- there are some things that are related to H that, that, uh, do make it hard. And so, you know, we will be working on the long-term portion of it. We will be working on fleet plans, uh, replacements and, uh, at least have a, a retirement date set for different vessels based on their conditions as well. So every, every vessel gets to the point that, is it worth even pouring any more money into it? Uh, just like everybody's vehicle, it's it's really the, that same same analysis. I'm interested in knowing why you went after this job. There's a lot of challenges. We talked about the aging fleet, but there's also um, a severe, you know, shortage of of crew and some staffing shortages. You know, uh, you're not the first one to ask me that question. So it's uh like I mentioned, I, I had done my six years. I was ready to, to get out of Houston. I've always liked the ferries. You know, I, they're a unique ferry with a good big ship's bow. They're ocean going. I, I like that. And as far as challenges, you know, when you're in business, sometimes uh, challenges are fun. You know, let me come tackle that. And that's just when I was doing it Kirby to be a part of the solution there. And here we're going to dig in, see what we can do. And as you, you point out, there's a lot of challenges. Uh, the hiring or, or trying to find qualified licensed uh, individuals is not unique to the ferries right now. It is an industry problem across the U.S. Uh, we were the same way at Kirby, and we had to be proactive to strategically try to beat out our competitors out of every every licensed guy coming out of a uh, or, or gal coming out of a maritime academy. And as they graduate them each year, we're there. We're there. We're taking them out to lunch. We're taking them to dinner. We're just trying to uh, sell them on coming to work for us. And we need to do the same thing here. How would you describe your leadership style? Because in your past job and now here, you're working with hundreds of people. You know, it's Kirby's large. Like I said, you know, there's 6,000 employees there as far as on the vessels. So it's and a lot of vessels. Um, but I'm, I'm still very much a people's person. I'm involved. I like to be on the boats and, uh, I really like to have the office knowing that we're here to support the vessels and I like to see us on the boats. I have a program called boots on steel. Others use it, but I just need to make sure everybody's out there engaged, knowing what the needs are and that we're here to support the vessel so they can deliver the customer service we need. Craig Tornga is the new Marine director of the Alaska Marine Highway System. He was speaking with Coast Alaska's Angela Denning. 
Drag Queen Storytime is set to return to the Ketchikan Public Library this June as part of the library's Pride Month festivities. That's according to the library's director. It would be the library's second time hosting a drag queen for a reading. But as Eric Stone reports from Ketchikan, their city manager, who oversees the library director, says no final decision has been made. Last June, the Ketchikan Public Library held its first ever Drag Queen Storytime to celebrate Pride Month. The event was so popular that the library had to add two additional readings to accommodate everyone who wanted to attend. Karabidi spoke with some of the attendees shortly after last year's event, including 12-year-old Kehlani Clevenger. I loved it. I loved how open they were and that how you could be anything you want to be. But the library's decision to host a drag queen for story time sparked weeks of debate among community members and elected officials. Opponents told the Ketchikan City Council, which oversees the library, that a drag queen reading was inappropriate for young children. Supporters said the event promoted self-acceptance. Ketchikan's city attorney penned a 10-page memo amid the debate over last year's event, saying that an attempt by the city council to bar drag queen readings from the library could violate local, state, and federal anti-discrimination protections. The council ultimately voted 5-2 to two to allow the event to go forward as planned. And it was a hit, according to library director Pat Tully at the time. This, I think, is probably the biggest story time we've ever had. But the backlash continued after the reading, and it spurred a ballot proposition aiming to defund Ketchikan's library. The sponsor said the push was at least partly inspired by the drag queen reading. The measure was tied to attacks on rural residents, and only residents of the traditionally conservative precincts outside of Ketchikan and Saxman city limits were eligible to vote. Still, voters ultimately rejected the proposal by a 13-point margin. Planning for this year's Pride celebration at the library started shortly after last year's Storytime event. But Tully said in a recent interview that earlier this year, city manager Delilah Walsh told her that the library should not play a direct role in hosting a Drag Queen Storytime. That it shouldn't be something that the library sponsored. Um, that it was uh, totally fine as any nonprofit group can come in and use the um, large meeting room, reserve the lar- large meeting room, but that um, the library um, shouldn't sponsor it. Tully said that by not sponsoring the event, Walsh hoped to address the concerns of people who opposed last year's reading. I believe the idea was that um, the city uh, needed to be responsive to um, the entire community, including those who felt had some concerns about a drag queen story time. As of Friday afternoon, Walsh had not addressed KRBD's repeated requests to discuss internal deliberations surrounding drag queen story time. That move prompted the Ketchikan Pride Alliance, a local LGBTQ education and outreach nonprofit, to send a letter to Walsh asking for an explanation. J.D. Martin is the group's president. The Ketchikan Pride Alliance's mission is to provide education, support, and aid to the local LGBTQ community and their allies. And so we do a lot of and support, free training, education. Our, our goal is to reduce conflict in the community. So when we heard about this, we thought it might be valuable for us to seek some clarification from the city manager. KRBD obtained a copy of the letter and asked Walsh for a response. For a few days, Walsh asked for time to review the letter and later said she wanted to speak with the Pride Alliance about the organization's questions. On Friday, Tully said Walsh changed course and gave the library the go-ahead to sponsor a story reading featuring a drag queen. But late Friday afternoon, Walsh told KRBD in an email that no final decision had been made. She did not immediately address the apparent contradiction between her statement and that of the library director. 
Tommy Varela Cossack was the star of last year's story time, reading the book The Hips on the Drag Queen Go Swish, 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 as his drag alter ego Luna. Luna read from the book and led children through some simple dance moves, not unlike a traditional librarian-led story time. Varela Cossack said that events like drag queen story times are essential to supporting LGBTQ community members, especially children. I mean, we have students who are transgender and identifying as transgender in our elementary schools in Ketchikan, Alaska. We are doing a disservice if we don't have events like this to show queer youth that there are queer adults in here who are living in town, who are living lives, who are living successful lives, who are living happy lives, because that's what happens with when there's not that representation for queer youth is they don't see a future in which they can be happy. Martin, the Pride Alliance president, emphasized that readings aimed at children are very different from drag shows intended for adults. You know, they will be typically wearing like a like a, a, a big dress and lots of makeup. Um, and it is in no way, um, you know, inappropriate for, for, an, for an audience. Um, and then they read a story, again, an age-appropriate story. I think sometimes we forget that like any form of art form can be for children or for adults, like in the same way some books are for kids and some are for adults. Similar events have taken place at libraries in Juneau since 2017. The city manager's office does not typically seek to vet library programming, according to Tully. Though Martin said she's pleased that a library-sponsored drag queen reading will be allowed to go forward, Martin said she'd like clarification on whether other city departments are required to submit their activities to the city manager's office for approval. It still seems unusual that the library is not allowed to create its own programming. To, to my understanding, like like the library and the and the people who work there are experts in their field. Walsh did not respond to KRBD's emailed questions on the subject. The debate over Pride programming comes as policymakers have scrutinized LGBTQ programming in schools and other public institutions, especially those aimed at children. A wave of legislation in states across the country has also sought to limit the rights of children to seek gender-affirming care or use public facilities corresponding to their gender identity. In Alaska, Governor Mike Dunleavy recently introduced a bill that would bar transgender students from using restrooms that match their gender identities and would limit students' ability to use their preferred names and pronouns in school without their parents' permission. But Tully, the library director, said the scrutiny from the city manager was understandable, given the controversy over last year's story time. Naturally, they're going to be more um, interested and concerned when something like that, that happens rather than our normal slate of, of programs, which, you know, you know, everybody says, Oh, that's really lovely. And <laughs> we had a great time. Um, uh, you know, this was more controversial. And so I think that's where the, um, city, um, became more concerned. Tully said Friday morning that she plans to announce the time and date of the drag queen reading soon. Reporting in Ketchikan, I'm Eric Stone. And for KFSK, I'm Rachel Cassandra.